And now, today's word. Today I'm preaching on the title, The Hand of the Lord. The Hand of the Lord. Now when you read your Bible, you will find that phrase a few times. The Hand of the Lord, or the Arm of the Lord, or sometimes the Finger of God. And these are terms in the Bible that I use to describe acts of God. And today we will look at what the hand of the Lord is and how it affects our lives. We'll look at the impact of the hand of the Lord in the lives of people in the Bible. And we will end by praying for the hand of the Lord to be outstretched over our lives and for us to have the victory that his hand provides. And so we're going to start in our first reading from the book of Joshua. We're going to read from Joshua chapter 4, verses 21 to 24. This is something that happened after the children of Israel had crossed the Jordan River. Now, if you know your Bible a little bit, you would know that when the children of Israel were uh, going into the promised land, they stayed behind the Jordan River for about 40 years. Now they have crossed the Jordan River. And when they crossed the Jordan River, they placed stones, 12 stones, in the middle of the river to commemorate what had happened that day. And Joshua uh, is telling them why they should place those 12 stones in the river. And in the process, he makes reference to the hand of the Lord. So Joshua chapter 4, verses 21 to 24. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask your fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan before you until you had crossed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. That all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. I will note verse 24 again, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Then Psalm 89, verse 8 to 13. Psalm 89, verse 8 to 13. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord, your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You have broken Rahab in pieces as one who is slain. You have scattered your enemies with your mighty hand or mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all its fullness, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor 
and Hermon rejoice in your name. You have a mighty arm, strong in your hand, and high is your right hand. You have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, and high is your right arm or right hand. So you find that phrase uh, in the passages we read and in other passages of the Bible, you'll find the word, the, the phrase, the hand of the Lord. The hand of the Lord. Although God is not a man, he is sometimes described in human terms to help us to relate to him. And uh, so many times in the Bible you read things like God saw or God smelled or you read about the feet of God and other things giving the impression as if God has body parts similar to us. When the Bible uses human terms to describe God or other spirit beings, it is called an anthropomorphism. It's a too long a word. Anthropomorphism. Anthropos meaning human and morphe meaning form. Basically meaning describing God in a human form or sometimes uh, other spirits or angels and so on are described with anthropomorphism. So in the Bible you read several uh, anthropomorphisms like God's eyes, God's feet, God hand, uh, God regretting, or God laughing. It doesn't mean necessarily that God uh, laughs like you and I laugh, uh, or God regrets like you and I regret. It is a biblical way of relating a spiritual truth in a way that we can relate to, because God is a spirit. He is not a man. So when the Bible talks about the hand of the Lord, it is not necessarily saying God, that God has a hand exactly like your hand. But it is a way of expressing the power of God in a way that we can relate to as human being. So when the Bible uses the phrase, the hand of the Lord, or the arm of the Lord, or the finger of the Lord, it stands for several things. First, it stands for the exhibition of God's power. The exhibition of God's power. It reveals God's power to us. God reveals his power by the works of his hand. When God shows his hand, he will show, he's showing forth his power. So the hand of the Lord stands for the exhibition of God's power. God's power on display. But it's not only the exhibition of God's power. The hand of the Lord also talks about the extension of God's help. When God comes to our aid, he extends a hand to us. It's almost as if uh, you are in a pit and God wants to lift you up. He extends a hand and lifts you up. So it's the extension of God's help or God's aid to us. The hand of the Lord also is the expression of God's blessing. When God blesses you, we say that the hand of the Lord 
is upon us or the Lord has put his hand upon you or God has placed his hand on somebody. It means that God has blessed them. God has magnified his name in the life of the person. So when, when God is blessing you, we say that the hand of the Lord is upon you. It means the favor of God has been extended towards you. God is showing you a blessing or a favor. It is the expression of God's blessing. And lastly, the hand of the Lord stands for the execution of God's judgment. When God makes a rule, wants to make a ruling in a situation, he lifts up his hand. It's almost like uh, uh, you, you have uh, uh, maybe people in a, in, a, in a group, in a palace or someplace like that, and everybody's talking and making an argument and so on. And finally, the king wants to make a decision. He lifts up his hand and everybody keeps quiet. He's about to declare judgment. So when God lifts up his hand, everybody keeps quiet because he is now about to establish his judgment or his will. And, and he lifts up his hand many times in our lives. Sometimes the enemy comes in like a flood against you. Satan comes against you and, and God just lifts up his hand and says, thus far you can go. You can go beyond this level. You can only come this far. May God lift up his hand over our lives this morning. May his hand be lifted up in our lives. So when he wants to stop something in your life, he will lift up his hand. He wants to bless you. He will stretch his hand. He wants to help you. He will straight extend his hand. And he wants to show his power. He will reveal his hand. So anytime you read in the Bible uh, about the hand of the Lord or the arm of the Lord or the finger of God, one of these will be in play. Either God is blessing somebody, God is bringing judgment in a situation, or God is helping somebody, or God is showing his power. Now, in the context of the passage we read in Joshua, Joshua is saying that the crossing of the Red Sea and the crossing of the Jordan, by which those two water bodies both dried up for Israel to walk through, was the hand of God. With the hand of God. Basically, he's saying God reached out his hand and pushed back the waters. It is the power of God on display. The hand of the Lord works in our lives. Now, let's see a few more things that God does with his hand when we say that the hand of God is working in our lives. Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 10 to verse number 11. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10 to verse number 11. And it says a few things about the hand of the Lord. And it reads Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 10 to 11. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. 
And when you read this passage, it says a few things about what God does with his hand. The first you note is that God rules by his hand. The hand of the Lord is God's rule in the affairs of men. God is both the creator and the sustainer of the universe. He rules over the rulers of the earth. He doesn't just rule the earth. He rules over the rulers of the earth. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Now the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. God is able to turn the king's heart with his hand. His hand is able to rule decisions in nations, decisions in high places. You may not be in a place, but when God's hand is in that place, he can turn things in your way. The hand of the Lord rules. But the hand of the Lord does not only rule, the hand of the Lord also rewards. God rewards with his hand. He distributes rewards. It's almost like somebody with presents in his hand distribute them. He rewards people. He rewards both the righteous and the wicked. There is a righteous reward and there is a reward of the wicked. Now, I just want to hope that none of you will receive the reward of the wicked. Because the reward of the wicked is not something you pray for. Uh, you must receive the reward of the righteous. But God rewards his people. God rewards his people. There is nothing you do for God that is not recognized. There is nothing you do for God that he forgets. You may not see the reward immediately, but God rewards with his hand. One of these days, he will come and distribute to you a reward, and he will reward you. In the same way, God also rewards the wicked. So sometimes you can see a wicked person prospering and doing so well, and the righteous doesn't seem to be doing well, and you say, then what is the benefit at all of being righteous? Just wait and see. One day, God will show up with a reward in his hand, and the reward of the wicked is not good. The psalmist says one day he's there spreading himself and talking big the next time he's not there. Because God knows how to reward the wicked. It's not your job to reward the wicked. God rewards the wicked. But he also rewards the righteous. And may your righteous reward come. And if you are wicked, may God forgive you. And not reward your wickedness. I thought I would hear some amen on that one too. Because a few of you are wicked. Not, not many, just one or two. So God rewards with his hand. Not only does God reward it with his hand, but God works with his hand. The hand of the Lord represents God's work in our lives. When the Bible uses the phrase, the hand of the Lord, in relation to God's work, it, it, there's, you know, God works in many ways. Sometimes God speaks the word. And something is done. And sometimes he does it by his hand. When the Bible says that God spoke and it came to pass, it, it, it means that he's distant. He's away from the situation 
and dealing with it. But when the Bible says God uses his hand, it means he's close to the situation and he's personally involved in the situation. There are times that God works from afar and there are times that God works from close quarters. When the hand of the Lord is involved, it means that God has gotten involved in your case. Your case is his case and his hand is in the situation. His hand is involved in. So the hand of the Lord works on our behalf. God works in his hand. It's God's personal involvement in our situation. Not only that, God cares with his hand. The hand of the Lord provides care for each one of us. The passage we read in Isaiah says, He feeds, he gathers, and he carries us. He feeds us with his hand. Literally putting food in your mouth. He carries us with his hands. And he gathers us with his hand. When you are going astray, God will gather you. When you are hungry, he feeds you with his hand. And when you are lonely, he carries you with his hand. The hand of God is always active in our lives. Sometimes he's carrying us, sometimes he's feeding us, sometimes he is gathering us. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mansa Otebil, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.